Welcome to the next episode of The Lori Clark Show. Today, this is a special, special day for me because I am here with Jana and um, she has an amazing story to tell. After all these years, Jana has found the courage to own the pain of her struggle with relational patterns of emotional abuse. She has begun to show herself kindness Right, Jana? Yes, I have. Yes. <laughs> and empathy that allows her to share her story with you today. Jenna's story is a part of many of our lives. And it's a story of a lifetime spent holding hands with unworthiness, shame, and lack of self-esteem, and not belonging. But this account of her life is a story that we can all relate to on many levels and we can all see ourselves in your story. I know that I can see myself in your story and I want to thank you for that because um, it is really powerful and I want you to know that your story opens the door of possibility to create change for other people, other men and other women. This is a story of becoming. Jana, thank you for being here with me today. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> this is a long time coming. It is. Okay, so we it have is. to. I'm so the, the the our listeners will not um, have seen your face, but I did when we were. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your face, <sighs> and uh, when I said self esteem, I said. That you were holding hands with um, unworthiness, shame, lack of self-esteem, and not belonging. And I saw your face and you were like, but okay, I just want to (laughs) say. And I want to mention before we even, before you answer, I want to mention that we have um, your lifetime of journals. Yes, we and do. And journal entries sitting uh, between the two of us right now. Yes, we do. It's pretty cool. It is kind of cool to put it all together, yes. And, and see it when again. you were 18, did you ever think that your writing on a piece of... Some of this is just on a piece of, like, of just a loose piece of paper. <laughs> did you ever think that at the ripe age of... 52. What? 52. It's okay. Okay, it's I wasn't okay. sure if I could tell your name, your age or not. It's I'm all like, good. I yes. don't know. But yeah. at the ripe age of 52 that you would actually be in a situation where you could look at this and go, "Oh my gosh. Look what I have. Look what I did. Look at how I was." At 18, no. And years following no um but it's something that for the longest time i wanted to i wanted to share somehow my story so at 18 no i did not i've just always been one to just write my thoughts down because to me it was healing and um and it's sort of here now and from your article like from your your entries it's like it's it even helps you lay out a strategy or 
for some things. I mean, I'm I'm looking at I was looking at one about going to a counselor's session and you laid it out. You were like, okay, the pros and cons of going to counseling. And you just it's like you are able to articulate differently when you write on paper. I find my my mind actually resolves my thoughts much hmm. better when I have it written down and I can look at it. It's, it's, it's something physical to look at, not yeah. just thoughts swirling around my head. Yeah. So it's one of the reasons I've just always written my thoughts down because um, it does, it kind of breaks it down for me. And to be able to look back, it, it makes me look at it at a different, you know, in a different perspective sometimes. Not always. Not sometimes. always. Yeah. Well, I think now, you know, 18, 52, there's a lot of water under the bridge. Oh, sure there is. A lot oh. of life has been lived. And, oh, sure. you know, I, I'm... And so for you listeners, I have... Um, Jana came... We had a meeting. And she handed me a pile of papers. And I... Jenna, I didn't even want to touch it, did I? I was like, oh, it's sacred. Like it was, I I was like, okay, so I can't, I have to guard this. I felt like you were handing me a piece of your soul. And that is really something that I admire. You know, the fact that you are sitting here with this amazing, you know, collection of your life and story and you offered it to me as a this peek into your life yes and now you're offering it to well I want to say the world but I can see the fear in your eyes (laughs) (laughs) you're like don't say it don't say it Well, I mean, it's not every day that um, people just open up their diaries to share with anybody that would like to read it. It's just that I felt, like I said, for the longest time that my story has something in it. And with the lessons that I've personally learned in my journey, um, that I think could help somebody. And that's really what this is all about for me. Well, it is. And I want to tell the story about how we we met yes please do so our sons went to school together mm-hmm. we met there but yes. then we really I, you know there's that age where we started dropping off kids differently and and maybe even your son was walking to school I don't I don't remember but I remember there was a clear mark where we didn't really see each other very much we weren't mom friends back then. we were not mom friends back then (laughs) um I was still in the throes you have one child I have four yes so I was in the still in the throes of you know raising young babies um so we we didn't see each other much but um fast forward I said to myself, I wonder where Jana is in her life. I haven't seen her. I wonder how she is. And I thought about you. Yes. And I said, I just put it out there. I said, I want to see her. I hope I run into her. And I'm sitting at my desk, working away, and I get this overwhelming craving for a cream soda slurpee with the screamer one from max where they where they where you put the vanilla yes in it yes and i was like okay i'm not doing that 
because I have to work. And then it just was overwhelming. And I thought, okay, uh, fine. I'm a sucker for ice cream and a sucker for cream soda Slurpee. It's the only kind of pop I would ever, I won't even drink it. I'll just have it in a Slurpee form. So I got in my car and I went across town, what, 12 minutes? Yes. To, to the more, max. Or more depending on traffic. Right, to the max. Yes. I go in. I get myself my screamer, I get in my car, I look up, and you walk out of Max. That's right. that's where I was like, Jana? And you turned and said, oh my God! And and that was it. Yes. And then you came over, and we talked about my garden, um, but then we wanted more. Yes. Of each other, because we hadn't, we wanted to catch up, we hadn't seen one another. Yes, yeah. And then, of course... You um, and I hit it off again the second time in our lives. And we haven't looked back. No, it's wonderful. And so this is so cool. That, to me, that story is really important in starting off this interview. Because that represents to me that the universe is behind this a million percent. I completely agree with that, yes. There is some action that is greater than us that put that together. Serendipity, maybe, even. Serendipity! <laughs> Meant to be. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and here we are. Yes, we are. Yeah. This is really interesting. So let's pick up all the way back at the beginning. I say self-esteem, holding hands with self-esteem and not belonging. Yes. And And you look at me like, okay, but I just want to say, I just want to make a clarification. <laughs> And I, and I know you do want to make a clarification, Um, but before you, you do, I want to talk about the raw vulnerability you have in these journals. Okay. The reason why I put that in the introduction is because as a third person who gets to peek in to this story mm-hmm. and move into this in a most respectful way possible, mm-hmm. and it's such a privilege to me, I can't help but see that this is the pattern of an abuser in your life, that you were moved by the abuser's ability to make you feel responsible for part of why they hurt you, that forms a level of shame and and not feeling like you belong in spite of what you believed was so real. You believed, I'm a confident woman. And you say that in your writings, which is so amazing to me. And this is powerful for our listeners, that you are an amazingly confident woman. Thank you. Yet, you need to be loved. Yes. And you need to fix it. Yes, I do. (laughs) And those two things... Those two things can be taken advantage of. Okay. And as I read your writings, that is, that is what I see. I want to read a little portion of what you said here. And I want you to start us 
on this journey um, of your life. Okay. And this is extraordinary. I am amazed at your courage. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to share it all. Janet, you know that part of telling your story is the fear of what people are going to do with it. The fear of what if somebody writes in and says, you know, something ridiculous. And I'm just saying that there's no space for that. <laughs> I, yes, okay, I agree with that. Yes. Because I believe that um, people might have an opinion or they might, you know, do it differently. But nobody lives in your shoes. Nobody thinks your thoughts and is a part of your everyday life in the way that you are. Mm -hmm. And you see with a different perspective. We all do. Without yes. question. Yes, absolutely. So we are not pointing fingers. We are not judging. This is about the reality of, I see myself in you, Jana. Yes. And I know that a 16-year-old, 14-year-old girl, 17-year-old man is listening to this. And they are saying, wow. This is about you saying, I'm 52 years old. I would like to offer you something that I discovered about myself. So can you just lead us in your 18 and what happens? When I met him? Is yeah. Is that what you would like to know that from the very beginning or? Well, you said he, mean, he was the first guy that ever told I, you he loved you and. He did. I was actually just out of high school. Um, working down at one of the popular restaurants on the beach because I just really enjoyed being around people and it just seemed like a good fit for me while I was trying to figure out what where I was going with my life. Um, I met him through mutual friends that actually, and I, I don't condone this, and mm -hmm. I don't think that um, this is, is something that minors should do, but I kind of got snuck into the pub one night. <laughs> Good caveat. At 18. Thank you. And um, he was surrounded by a flock of girls. Very nice, very good looking, charismatic guy. And I took one look because my girlfriend is actually the person that brought me in. She says, you've got to meet this guy. Right, right. You've got to see him. He's just dreamy and all this and that. And um, I just took one look at the flock of girls around him and the look on his face because his ego was you know, bigger than maybe most should be um, with that situation and um, thought, oh, well, the heck with this. And I didn't really think much of it. And about a week later, um, I was introduced to him that night. About a week later, and I was actually living with that girlfriend. We had a little flat on the beach. We both worked at the same restaurant. And there was a knock at our window. There was a long window by the door. And she peeked around the corner and says, oh, he's here. Um, she says, how do I look? She went to the door and opened the door and said hi. And he asked if I was there, which kind of deflated her ego a little bit. Um, but he asked if I would like to go for a walk. And we This did. is old-fashioned days. Old-fashioned days. <laughs> now well, people would text one another, hey, you free? <laughs> he'd had a few drinks, so maybe sure. the courage was up there or something, but he had his mindset. 
he he wanted to get to know me. So we yep. did. We went for a walk. Um, that was fine. And um, about a week after that, my girlfriend and I were uptown, same girlfriend. And he pulled up on the sidewalk beside us and um, said, what are you girls doing? We said, you know, just kind of hanging out. And he said, you want to go down to Birch Bay with me for a drive? So we did. Told him that my grandparents had a cabin down there. We went down there and had, you know, like a drink with my grandparents and my aunts and uncles that vacation in Birch Bay every summer. And um, dropped us off and that was it. I think if I remember correctly, it was a bit of pursuing, but we ended up starting to, we dated shortly after that. Mm. And at 18, I hadn't dated much in high school. I fell for him hard and fast because he was the first boy that ever made me feel and told me that I was beautiful. And he was the first person I ever, you know, heard I love you from. Wow. And we, um, we were very different in some ways, but we were very much alike in some ways. And we just melted together. And 10 years came out of that. So... Ten but that's years. that's how we met. It was just kind of sweet. She was very upset about it. We we're no longer friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. But Even now, handsome guy and good family, and you know, like I I just loved him to death, really. Well, Literally. you say here that, um, you know, he adored you openly and treated you like a lady, and you fell in love with him, and you said that after dating for a, a month or so you began to see another person. It was about, yeah, it was about six months in and and I started to realize that he'd kind of more of a drinker than I was used to. But I mean, I was 18 and naive and really didn't, you know, didn't see that much of the world or, and at our age, you know, like, but it was 18 to 19, um, we were all starting to drink and, you know, sure. do things like that. So it really didn't seem out of place. Um, it was uh, when we moved in six months later is when I saw the change. You but said here, you said here, uh, after dating for a month or so, I began to realize he was seeing another person on the nights he wasn't with me. Yes. I asked him about it, uh, yet I couldn't let it go because as I never could prove it, so you could never prove that he was dating someone else or seeing someone else. I did eventually. My inner voice told me otherwise. Yes, something I've listened to my whole life, not followed through with what it was telling me, but yes, uh, yeah, I pay attention to. And this is interesting to me. So you saw this other person, you saw this other side of him, but it maybe wasn't the abusive side. It was a side of, um, I'm that he was seeing someone else. Yes. So he was cheating on you. Yes. Right off the bat, yes. For the first six months, yes. So I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead. But no, yes, yeah, that's good. I'm, like this is, it's just in your writings. And, and you said here, um, you know, I was young and naive and I, and I, I didn't feel good um, about this. But I just didn't, I just couldn't make that choice. I gave it about a week, and then I, I went back. I, I'd broken up with him because oh, I'd found okay. out. And I didn't want to give up that relationship. 
And I think as a young girl, I think that you, I don't think you can see past what's right in front of you sometimes because mm. you're, you don't have that wisdom to realize that there could be a better thing waiting for you or there could be, you know, a different direction you can take with your life. And well, when, you don't have experience. You know exactly what I'm trying to and, say. And, and you don't have experience. And there's something powerful. And, and let's talk about this, Jenna. There's something powerful about, you know, your mom or your dad or your sister. Or your grandparents could say, I love you. Yes. And you're beautiful. Yes. And that just, it, it's so powerful when they do that. Yes. But when somebody sees you. Yes. And. Different. They look at you and they say, you are beautiful. I love you. That opens a whole other aspect, especially when you're young. Love is beautiful. And when you hear it from someone and you, you see this offering and there's this different connection, it enlivens you. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, it, it, um, yeah, it envelops you. It's absolutely. just, and, and you just, it's such a nice feeling. And, and he, which is why you say, I couldn't see, like, no. you didn't know. You were just like, no, he adored me openly and he made me feel like a princess. Like, absolutely. Like, I, I, I really, I, he made me feel yes. very safe and like I was everything to him. Even when I was questioning the six months that he was dating somebody else when we started out. But beyond that, just there mm. was a side of him, and I'm going to say a side of him, that was very kind and very affectionate. My dad was a gentleman. My dad was one of the kindest men I knew. Um, would do anything for anybody had like would give the shirt off his back if it was the last shirt he had mm. and he was very much like that in the way that he treated me and I maybe it was that gentleman quality um, part of him and how he treated me and how he adored me that just sucked me right in like I just didn't I thought this you know and I wanted a lifetime with somebody at that age I knew I wanted to be a mom I knew I wanted a you know to be a wife not something that ever happened I was a mom not a wife mm. um but then you know you just have these dreams and we just go three steps ahead of ourselves with sure. what life could hold right and so so you say here that you you know you broke up with him and then you in your writing you say I walked to his house I did I didn't live too far away from him and uh, funny and I I I I'm pausing a little bit in my head because I look at my life now and how I deal with some situations now and I know there's a quality of me that just has always in every situation I want people to be happy I want I'm a fixer and so if somebody isn't going to fix it for me I'm I'm going to fix it it could mm. be my sign it could be just part of my makeup but it's who I am and um, so when I'm reflecting on on my notes here it's making me realize that that part of me has, is still a part of me. Um, I'm learning from that right now. I've had recent experiences where I've realized that maybe um, it's time for me to love myself a little bit more and um, have somebody trying to, try to come to me and want to fix it. Rather than, so Rather you're than looking me, at 
almost adjusting the cycle. I am now. I am now. And it's so cool. Because you're 52. I know. And and a lot of people say things like, well, I'm I'm 52, so I'm 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 just not gonna change that. That's just and and people just accept that this is how they've lived and they've but there's always hope and this is why your story is so compelling and Jenna I just want to again I I feel like you need to hear this from me as we are having this conversation because I think vulnerability can set in and I want to keep shoring you up to let you know that what you're saying is real life this yes. is real life. Yes. There are, there's, this is, you might see this sort of story in a movie, mm-hmm. but this is real. And this is actually happening. Yes. In people that are 72 years old and taking their third stab at things or, or 14. Mm. It doesn't matter what you're identifying is. I have a penchant to fix. Yes. I want to be loved. <laughs> yes. And so I saw this guy. And, and let's, let's be honest. Then you were the envy of every woman. If you had this guy, then, you know, everybody's like, oh my gosh, she got him? That's amazing. So you're naturally not going to want to lose him. And yet he filled something in you. So you go, so picking up the story, mm-hmm. you go to, he's washing his truck, you say in your journal, yes. he's washing his truck, and you you make the move. Yes. It's funny how, you know, some things would just feel like they're yesterday, even though they were close to 30 years ago for myself <laughs> personally. But yes, I, I, I remember the feeling of walking down there. I was a little bit nervous about it because you know as much of a as much as kindness and um so many good things about him there there was an intimidation about him I don't know if it was that he was a man I don't know if it's because he was four years older than me at the time um but he had a strength about him always did but what's the difference in your mind let's clarify this for the young woman okay or the young man that's listening right now okay who knows someone has said hey you know what you're you're you have an intimidating presence or you have a strong presence what was it that intimidated people or you about this guy and then what was the earmark of strength for you strength in help me with that well you said it you said he was an intimidating guy. Very confident is maybe a better better mm. word. Very confident. And Which so, can be very intimidating to very people. Very intimidating. And so, um, yeah, his confidence was just there, was just, there was this charismatic, he was very confident. So um, and I, then I'm strength. more of a passive personality. And so, so the difference would be um I knew what I wanted to say I knew that I needed to come down and and speak my truth with this guy because Mm -hmm. I'd been dating him for six months so you finally came to the surface that he'd been dating somebody else okay so so this wasn't so you broke up with him for a week and then what happened 
I wanted to go talk to him. Okay. I wanted to tell him, you know, that's how I felt. And at right. that point in my life, at eight, you know, I think I was just between 18 and 19, I had the strength, enough strength within myself that to walk up to this boy that's my really technically my very, you know, my first real boyfriend and tell him how it made me feel wow. and tell him. So I let him kind of have it. Um, I'm remembering, sorry, in my head as Good, I'm remember away, we're all hanging. We're like, and what happened? <laughs> he was charming. and So he so charmed his way through he your truth. He, he made it better. He, he made it better with his words. He was very charming. And I felt like I'd said my piece, and I felt like he um, reciprocated in a way that satisfied me. And so that's the beginning. And he wasn't upset that you... No. Hmm. Interesting. I think if anything, and probably didn't show it as much, um, but if anything, um, more embarrassed for his own actions that he'd gotten caught. <laughs> right, right. I got you know? caught and red-handed. And so the charm came on, and mm. I think he really, truly did love me. I think he cared about me enough that he didn't, I was the girl he wanted. His sister told me. Even, and, and in your mind, you're saying, okay, how do you rationalize? He's cheating on me. And he's now standing in his car. I've confronted him. And he is actually saying to me, I, I love you. Not the words yet. But okay. making me feel like I was the one. And that nobody so, so, else mattered. So, and so, that was over. So she's over. She's done. She's yes. done. Trust me. Yes. Okay. okay. And I believed him. Well, of course you did. Because again, like you said, part of the... That confidence that he had maybe led with mm -hmm. was that it was you weren't and where maybe your distinction when you would use the word intimidating, maybe in that sense you're saying he, you don't really challenge what he says when he says it with charisma. When he says it with passion. Well, yes. And there's also a part of me, and I have to be totally honest with you and everybody else and myself, I'm, I'm passive. To be in a confrontational situation is not my forte at all. Um, I with, There's some people that have been in my life that I would never win a war of words with them. I would probably back down because it's just also part of my makeup. And so... Um, when he comes across direct and charming and, you know, kind of makes amends because I've spoken my piece and I think he was kind of, he's actually said years later, kind of attracted to the fact that I did that. Right. And said, you know, I, I don't know that I really went there with the intent to get back together with him. I really just wanted to say how I felt because I felt enough passion to do that. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Very, very interesting because... Then this story, and you write this, and you so you go, I sometimes look back to that moment and wonder how different my life would have been if I had chosen to let it be, to have not gone over there. They say that life happens the way it happens for a reason. Then you move on and say, the facts are, I did go over there. 
And you say in your writing here, I begged his forgiveness. Even though I did nothing wrong, he cheated on me, not me. And we continued on for the next nine years together. Yes. And that is so interesting mm-hmm. that while you have an intention of going and saying, you know, look, you know, forgive me if I've done something wrong to you. I don't want to end this way. We're, we're broken up. I'm calling you on it. I'm doing what I'm doing. And yet you still needed his approval in those moments. Yes. Which had set you up then for the next nine years. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I gave him that control. So you, it, that's amazing that you just said that. Yeah. Well, I know that now. And, but yeah. how many of us do that? I mean, I can, I can think of many times. You know, it's, it's not something that, I, you know, you can't look at this. And say, oh, I would never have done that. <laughs> okay, I can't yes. do that. Um, Six months in, you see a different side of this guy. About a few months after after that, yes, yeah, I we um, got our first place together. You said within about two months, I was living with him, mm-hmm. um, and after six months of dating him. We got our first place together. Two things I didn't acknowledge. He was an alcoholic. Right. And he would abuse me, be abusive to me. Didn't know either one of those things when I started. For the next nine years. I didn't know either one of those things when I started. I didn't even really view his drinking as alcoholism at the time. Interesting. Until I was in a living situation. And too late. I, I mean, not too late because we all can make choices. Um to do the right thing for ourselves. And I really do think listening to your inner voice is really, really an important thing. It's there for a reason. Um, But at my age, yes, no, I didn't see the alcoholism. And knowing what you know now, which is why we are telling this story. Yes. You are saying to young men and women that... When you get that inkling, when you get that moment in your gut that says, choose a little bit differently here. There's a something's not right. Right. That action is required. And if you, if you don't, then, then the action will begin to unfold in a mm-hmm. way that may or may not be pleasant. Mm-hmm. Yes. I also, I mean, my, my personal story with this too is, um, and I think probably one of the reasons I gave in and I, why I just didn't fight it too much in the beginning um, was because I did feel there's a part of me that felt very safe with him and very loved and happy. But my parents had divorced a year before that, probably about six months before I met him. Um, I wasn't getting along with my mom. At 18, I moved in with a girlfriend, the girlfriend that I was living with at the time when I met him. And um, I felt like I had something of my own. And you're very, you do, you have this independence at that age and this 
stubbornness where you think you know exactly what you're doing. And you probably said the thing that most kids say to their parents that our kids have said to us, which is, I got this. Don't worry about me. Exactly. And as a parent, you're like, you do? Because it kind of looks like you don't. Like it just, it's so frightening as as the person who's, older with experience who can look at this you're as you're just going they are on the road to heartbreak yes what looking knowing what i know now knowing what you know now if you saw Absolutely. somebody doing this very same thing or someone writes in or or calls in or whatever and you're going to be thinking to yourself i know this this person's me yes I think there's, we're all. That is the power of your Mm. story. If anything, that is where the mic drops. Right. Because you are freeing somebody in the middle of this moment where you're actually reliving it. It's one thing to have the conversation with me over a cup of coffee. Sure. I'm having an Americano, you're having a mocha. Yes. That's our life. It is another thing to have a microphone in front of your face. And as you come to the table today, you say, so then you're going to like edit this and it's going to go out? <laughs> yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> so you're, you're good with that, right? Yes. Yes, that is what's happening. Yes. And again, the writing is so amazing. Because you're journaling, you're, what you're writing on this paper isn't lying. It's real. It's authentic. It's real time. You going, this is how I felt. Now, you might look at it and go, I, I don't remember begging for forgiveness when I was standing at his truck. Like, I don't remember that. And maybe you didn't actually beg for forgiveness. Maybe in your head you were going, just accept me. I wanted to fix something that I thought mattered to me at the time. Yeah. Yeah. That is huge. That is huge. And so when that's your motivator, when fixing is the motivation, would you say that you lost sight? Yes. And I've been repeating losing sight up until my age right now. (laughs) I'm sorry for laughing. To be perfectly honest. Your face, you're like... Okay, so um, still but learning. you are yeah. awakening. I am awakening. I do believe I am. Yes, you are being shaken into wakefulness. I and think this I am. is good. You get knocked in the head a few times, you know, figure of speech. But you yeah, get knocked in the head a few times, and you kind of stop after after once, you know, after one or two times, and you think, well, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, you have to look at yourself. You have to. Um, learn from who you are and you can't spend your life putting circumstances and events and conversations that aren't nice on another person you have to take a step back and you have to go inside yourself a little bit and um, find that self-worth where you think wait a minute am I doing the right thing for me you know when you're 18 you you don't you don't have the you you don't have the complete I should say well, wherewithal to you're you young just, you think you're invincible and you think you can handle any situation it's um 
it's a, it's a mixed bag because I wouldn't go back and change one moment of my life, not one second of the years I spent with him, um, and change it because I love who I am today. I love what I've learned and I'm still learning. And um, I wouldn't change it. But on the other hand, yes, there's that, you know, like afterthought where it's just like, I do wonder sometimes what my life may have been like if I would have done it differently, if I would have just said, you're a loser, bye-bye. Do you know what I mean? Not to be, I'm... Being, no, I, yeah. I totally hear what you're saying. Yeah. And, and, and... You've done me wrong, this is over, kind of thing. And, but... You, you Look, teach people how to treat you. I don't regret one second of my life. I mm. love what I've gone through and, and good, bad, and ugly. And I'm proud of who I am today because of it, really. So what do you do with the sentence now uh, that you teach people how to treat you? You wouldn't have known that back then. I wouldn't have known that back then. No. Yeah. And, and what you did was actually teach him that he could treat you with the charm and he could pour it on as you are pouring out he can pour it on you're saying the truth of how you are feeling yeah he's in turn going okay so she's gonna do that now this is what I'm gonna do yeah and he's so you so and then because that wasn't being adjusted he was he realized this is what I can do to her I can have this power. He molded me. Wow. And I let him. Whoa. But not realizing it. Do you know? Okay, so like just on a stop for a level. second. That did you know? Can you say that again? He molded me. He absolutely did. He, looking back now, he, because he had that confidence and that strength of you know personality. I, I believe 100% he saw that I was young and vulnerable and not taking it, not, not in the way of wanting to take advantage of that, but maybe more using it to his advantage. Our upbringings were very different. He role modeled after his father, who was also the man of the family, but we're going back several decades and times were different back then, but that's the role model he learned from. And what he found, and I, I've learned actually a lot of this because he passed away a year ago. And um, in getting closer with his mom, because I spend a lot of time with his mom, um, I've learned more about his growing up and his influences. And it just, just realized, it's just, I think what he found was his mom. Wow. Because we're very much alike, his mom and I. Wow. But she grew up with that. I don't want to put controlling into it, but put up with that um, stronger presence. Well, in, over it, it, there her. was the patriarch, right? Like the patriarch rules. And so, the when, roost. I, so when I say molded me, I think <laughs> well, that he saw potential sure. in having a relationship like he saw his parents have. Sure. With sure. Me. But we all do that. We all, you know, yeah. we all find. I remember back in my time, I like in my early years, where. I met a, a guy mm-hmm. and and he reminded me of certain dynamics. Sure. And I remember going like family wise and I remember going wow. And it it fit. Yes. It 
fit because it was something that I was familiar with. It was this energy that I was familiar with. Yes. When your dad is confident, when your dad is, you know, aggressive and, and, and knows what they want and, you know, you meet someone like that, you, you know how to deal with that because yes. it, it just slips right in there because you're, you're, you're familiar. It's, you don't have to learn to deal with that because you know how it's done. You were raised with it. Sure. When a parent is, people oftentimes are attracted to that same dynamic. Mm-hmm. So that's a gimme on his side. That's like a, that's something that we know, right? Sure, yes. But, but again, there's the line. And there's the line that you suffered. You suffered incredibly. I did. And, I have, and, oh, sorry. I'm sorry, I, but I do want to say, I want to pick up on when you talk about self-esteem because at the beginning of this whole show yes <laughs> you gave me the side look over the microphone stand it was like hmm about the self-esteem but I want to bring it back there because okay. right in like in your writing you say you know like I knew there was this gut feeling and I just I I just chose differently and that was your path. That was, yes. it It pushed you down that path. But I want to say to young men and women, you know, our self-concept, the, the, the formation of ourselves is developing until it's, until you're like 24, 25. I think late it, 20s with women, it yes. Is, it is an amazing thing. And so self-esteem is a developing um, thing within yes. all of us. When we're really, really young, it's like you say, it's very hard to make those decisions. But self-doubt is what happens when self-esteem is damaged or right. is not developed. So you doubt that and that's what I wanted to bring out in this moment is okay. to bring out th- that um, you doubted yourself in that moment. I did. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different aspects with, um, yes, I did. I looked at you sideways when you first brought it up at yes, the beginning of this meeting. Um, and I, I'm, I've been thinking about that since. And I think I did retract... And admit that maybe I need to own, you own did. it a little bit. The reason I looked at you sideways is because in my mind, my soul, who I am, I was, I did have a lot of self-esteem up until meeting Absolutely. him. Absolutely. I had friends that were in bad relationships. Their, their boyfriends weren't kind to them. Right. I was of the mindset that I would never let anybody mistreat me. So meeting him at 18 years old, um, it's funny because I do have that self-esteem now. I've had to grow back into it. Those are very informative years in your 20s, and it's where you are growing the most. And yes, I, I've even spoken with my 18-year-old son about this, that women go through a lot of changes emotionally and mentally in their 20s. And somewhere in 25 to 30, um, they can be a completely different mindset and woman than they were when they were 18, even though they're the same person, they feel like the same person, but they grow and you evolve, they evolve. Well, and because... Men too, and I'm not just saying that's women. that's because as humans, men and women... Yes. 
we, we are developing ourself, our concept of who we are and where we sure. are in the world. So, so what you're saying is absolutely right. I am not, people look at me and they go, you're not the same person that you were back then. And I'm like, no, because I was young, young, young. Yes. And I didn't have a lot of self-esteem back then. And I'm the first person to say, sure. I was incredibly insecure. I did not have a self-concept that was okay. It is so foreign to me mm-hmm. to, when I think back to my early years and the woman that I was, I just go, it is almost embarrassing for me to go okay oh my goodness I had no real idea about what it felt like to be confident what it felt like to be worthy Mm -hmm. so we're all and this is why I said we I see myself in you okay in this story I see so not one thing is being brought to the surface here which is Getting involved in emotionally abusive relationships. This is what we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. We are here today to talk about the path of how you just went nine years. Where you introduced us to the first six months. Mm-hmm. And then you made it through nine years. I did. Of For many reasons. Same yes. thing. And yeah. again, there's no judgment on that. Because I went through... 10 years where I was extremely unworthy and right. I lived in shame. So right. what's the difference? Like you, you nobody's weighing it. Um, and that, and that is why I'm saying that because yeah, you looked at me sideways and you were like, you know, self-esteem. I don't think I did. And then you said, but I, I do want to own that because, you know, mm. obviously I did have that. I was, I was needing to learn about it. And so we're just moving through this because again, you know something now that you did not know back then. And it's for those men and women who are in relationships going, oh, I don't even want to be here. I don't even want to be in this relationship. That mindset is damaging to the soul of the person that you're with. Sure. Yes. You got to show up or you need to show out. Right. <laughs> Not always that easy though. And it and as and that's the perfect segue for you to say yes, I agree with you. But as an 18-year-old, it wasn't that easy. No. So move us down the line. You said this to me and this is the third page and this this struck me. Okay. So you talk about going now for nine more years, and you write. The the abuse was verbal, but emotional abuse can be just as harmful to your psyche as physical can be. He didn't hit me because he was raised in a proper family. And he was taught enough manners to know how to handle a woman. Instead, if I had done something to upset him, his lip would curl and he'd get a snide look on his face. And when that spit came flying at my face, I knew each and every time it was going to happen because of that look. That is so moving to me. 
We just have to breathe. <laughs> it's a degrading memory. It's that's a hard one to share. That's a hard I one. I know. To share. I knew it would be, and I just so I want to give it space, and I also want to give you space. So we were so, and it was so far in, and it had been going on for so long. He told he would tell me that um, his mom taught him never to hit a girl, and so he did that instead. And so, it was just, it was very, it's so a degrading mean, memory. It's yes, hard to yes. swallow. Yeah. I, I mean, I've grown. Thank you it. for sharing. I just like. I, so I'm, many years later. I'm looking and it's at you not... and I'm watching you and you know something. I know you feel like it's a degrading memory. But what I see right here is something called the rising. Oh, like the phoenix. <laughs> That's what I see. It's because, yes, because it's not something that I think about anymore. I mean, look, it's been so many years since, and it's not something that um, has wounded me um, to an extent that it's, I've just carried it my whole life. Why is it degrading to you when, as you're 52 now, you left him when you were 28, did you say? The memory, the memory of it, because when you you just read that, I was in the moment. And so I remembered that degrading feeling where you just, there's no out. Can you um, take me back to, uh, in, this is a very tender moment here, but if you would just take me back there. Because he was not hitting you. No, never did. But giving you another alternative, which was he, if you did something to upset him, then that equals a reaction from him. Yes. And his lip would curl. And what would he do? Would he start screaming at you? Like he wasn't spitting in your face. He was yelling at you close to your face? In the moments that he did that action, that was all he needed to do. Hmm. It wasn't every time. Hmm. That's that's not, uh, Sorry, that's not how he reacted every time. Sure. But there were enough times in those 10 years wow. where I felt that feeling. And it's, it would be, um, I was very careful and I learned very early on, and I guess we'll touch on that, not to stand up for myself, eggshells. so to speak. Very much eggshells. eggshells. I was very careful and some, and a lot of times over the years and different days, I didn't really, yeah, it's eggshells because I didn't really know what would set him off. I didn't really know how you know, what I said, what I did would set him off, but I knew not what not to say very early on. And what, and what would those, can you just tell the listeners, tell us, please tell us, what would you say? Can you remember? Yes. What? What did you say? There were four words. Um, the first time um, he was uh, showed an abusive action towards me. Should I just tell this the story or? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know there was a story with this. I'm yes. just going off the. The first time we had just moved into our first apartment and we had so much fun. It was it was actually 
we went to Ikea. We decorated it, and we were so happy. It was kind of our first place together. Um, we had friends over one night, an older gentleman and his girlfriend that lived in the same building as us that we were friends with previously. Um, and, I mean, I, I'm 19. I'm, I'm just starting my life. I'm just getting out in the world. And as far as I was concerned, even at that point, um, I didn't see any shame in being my own person. I didn't see any shame in doing something if I knew I was being responsible towards people I cared about or, you know, whatever. I didn't really think there was anything wrong with me doing anything I wanted to do. And so I did. And that night... We had just ordered pizza. The boys had run out of beer. And so across the parking lot from where we lived, there's a shopping mall, was a pub. And so the guys had suggested, why don't you two girls go grab us a couple six-packs? And I had just turned 19, so it was kind of novelty to go into a bar. There were people that we both, both knew when we got there. And when we walked in, somebody had sent over a couple of shots. And still, I'm kind of like, it's Friday night. We've already had a few drinks at home. We're waiting for pizza. Thought nothing of So you this. ordered pizza. You were waiting the, for the pizza. The boys were at home waiting for pizza. Uh, the girl So you at, felt like you had time. Felt like I had time. Okay. But even if I didn't, I wasn't that concerned because I was 19. Like, I mean, I don't know if there's 19-year-olds out there going to listen to this, but <laughs> you kind of feel like you're your own person. Like, they're, you're, you know, you, you can be a responsible you know, and kind towards people in your life, but I didn't think there was anything wrong with staying and having a couple of shots. And really, technically, there isn't anything wrong because you should be, have that, you should always maintain that independence and you should always, these are things that I'm telling people now that I didn't know then, that I didn't pay attention to that. Because of the story. But you, yes, but you should always, you should, you should hold that so independence and be who you are. Shots. And if somebody doesn't love you for who you are, then... You that that's that's important. If you, you're not going to be accepted, I allowed somebody not to uh, let me. I I don't even know how to word this. Mm. Had a couple shots. We went back. Okay, wait, but you got to finish that. You allowed somebody to not accept who you were. I don't know if it's, I, I scrambled on that word because I don't know if it's not accept who I was or if it's, I'm sorry, I have to think about my words carefully here. Say what I want to say. Somebody telling you. In, in that evening, I started the process of allowing somebody to tell me what I could and couldn't do in life. Wow. And I accepted it. Yes. Because when we got back home from the pub. Okay, so you go into the pub, you know you've got time, there's pizza. Coming. We stayed longer than we should have. Yes. People, your friends were all there, you're allowed in the bar, you have your shots, you stay a little bit longer, It it's across the parking lot, really. Yes. Okay. So then you and your friend get the beers. We get the beers. We did stay for a few shots, but honestly, yeah, it so, was like Friday night. We were just having fun. We, well, there's we no, were going there's back. no reason to justify. I didn't. It. So even you stayed longer. Second guess it for a second. Boom! Yeah. You come across the parking lot with your beers. Go back to to the apartment, and the lights are off. And I said, we haven't been that long, have we? She goes, only about forty five minutes. 
And I said, okay. And there's a couple of pieces gone from the pizza that arrived. The boys had had pizza. Um, her husband had gone home. And she goes, okay, well, I'll just, I'll probably just say goodnight then. I went into our bedroom and my boyfriend was sleeping in the bed. I'm putting quotations around sleeping because he was lying there. And I went in and profanity started towards me. Hmm. And I'd never really been spoken like that or spoken to like that in my life by anybody. And so it startled me. Um, I'm not going to say the words that he no. called me, but he started throwing names at me. And still feeling like that confident 19-year-old that I, I didn't do anything wrong. Right. Um, I said four words that I never repeated in 10 years after that day. And Because I, this was the trigger. This was the trigger. I looked at him and I said, what is the big deal? He picked up a shoe, like a, a hard sole shoe, and I was standing at the door and hurled out a few names and threw this shoe. It missed me by inches, missed my eye by inches. I had to duck. It went right through the door because there was that much force behind the throw. And I think I slept on the couch that night. I'm pretty sure I didn't sleep in that bed. And I was, I was scared all night. I was worried all night about where that was going to go because I'd never been, I didn't have friends that spoke to me like that. I didn't have a family that spoke like that to each other. It was foreign to me. And, um, but there's situations around that night that I felt like he was all I had. My mom had... Um, made a decision, and I, I understand now being older and being a mom myself, I was one of her babies. She saw me and already realized herself I was not in a good situation. I didn't see it at the time. She removed herself from my life because it was too hard for her to be a part of it if I was going to stay with him. And I stayed with him. And he so he at that time, I felt like my circle was very small, and he was really all I had. I didn't know how to do it except for that fixing part of me came out and I'm pretty, I don't remember right like the next day, but I, we must have worked it out because I stayed 10 years. <laughs> wow. One moment, one night. Changed everything. Changed your life. Yeah. That's so powerful. Yeah. It feels powerful. It was powerful. Yeah, it is. When you feel like that person is your only thing. He was my family at the time. And, and it's so amazing because you can't look, I can't say to you, did you have the strength or you didn't have the strength? That's not about it. No. You actually felt safe. I probably excused it to drunk, being drunk and thought it wouldn't happen again. I'm pausing because I kind of ha I remember having that feeling where I thought, well, this won't. Maybe it was just a one-time thing. Maybe I just 
should be careful about how angry I make him and I didn't mean to make him angry and it goes back to me. Sure. You know, but, well, because you, you we've all had yourself. those people in our, in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Where where it's that pleaser, where, you know, you're you're angry or someone's angry at you and then you want to make amends. You want to figure out, why are you so mad at me? What did I do to, right? And, and, then, and then I'll never do it again or... You know, you go out of your way. And this started, this day started your walking softly or walking on eggshells. It did. And there's a part of my personality that holds strong to this day. And some people it works with and some people it doesn't. But I thrive on resolve, on healthy resolve. I always have. I always will. Well, because you, and, and, and so, and when you say that, that resonates because you, at the beginning of this story, you talk about walking to his car, walking to him, his house where he was washing his truck. And that's where you wanted to resolve the difference that had happened. You had broken up with him at the beginning stages. And, and, oh, then, and he didn't like that. And he didn't like no. that. And so then he tried to, um, you know, he coerced you or he said whatever you wanted to hear and here you are. So it's just about this. It's just so interesting how hindsight is so powerful. Isn't it? Yes. And, and, and there's so many things to say. Like, I wish, I wish for you, like as your friend, I wish for you would have, that you would have, made a different choice and not like you said in your writing not gone you didn't no and you cannot erase the time all you're doing right now is saying this these experiences are like the ash of my life and I'm going to rise and I'm going to allow the flame of refinement burn this in to there's gold in there the gold's coming out. Right. What is the gold? What you're doing right now. Because there is well, somebody that is sitting and listening. That's just... And the there point. might be a young man who's saying, you know what? I don't want to be that guy. And I know I've mistreated somebody. And there might be a woman who says, you know, I, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be like that guy. Because I am the one that unleashes and does this emotional maneuvering and and you know it's not just exclusive to men it's not just women are abusive in relationships Mm -hmm. and and so we we need to to understand that too sure this is just about the fact that what is rising is you are making a choice well and here's the thing about choices We all have the ability to make them. I had the ability to make different choices back then. I stand strong, and I will. I will. There's so many things I hold dear, and one of them is that I have learned to embrace any choice I've made in my life. I don't really regret not making a different choice back then. Because when you say things like, when I wrote down there, life happens as it does for a reason. You hear that all over the place. 
And I am doing this with you, Lori, because I feel like my reason, the reason those choices were made, the reason I maybe wasn't completely true to myself, I maybe didn't protect myself enough back then, is so that I can share this now. So it's important to me that I did live the life that I live. I don't regret one thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think that I'm not condoning that that's, that's what everybody should do. This is just my journey. This is just the choices I've made. And if out of this, there is one person listening. Yeah. 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 That throughout the process of this whole story and interviews that we'll do, um, that they can pull from that and maybe make a healthier choice for their life. They don't need to learn the lessons that I learned. Oh, this I, is so good. They don't need to learn the those healthier lessons. choice for their life. That's lovely. You know? But I don't regret it. No, and nor all. should you. Um, I don't look back and wish I could change it. I'm glad I went through every second of that with him. I didn't read this at the beginning, and, and I'll read it now. This quote says, It's not what you look at that matters. It's what you see. That is how we are going to end this first segment. Because it's not what you look at. This is a powerful moment. And, and, and perhaps there's someone out there who can allow this moment. Perhaps there's someone out there that can allow this moment to help them see clearly that's what you're here for I, I hope so the moment and this was I was up really early this morning thinking about our conversation and what we were going to talk about and was reflecting on my own moment where I had an abusive boyfriend mm -hmm. and I and we can talk about that later that's not for this particular segment but the I had a moment where I just went, I'm not doing this. And it was so profound and it was so amazing to me that it actually changed my cellular level. Because it, it, I could see myself going down that road. Mm -hmm. And I remember it like it was yesterday. And I remember I had this body visceral Thing that changed my cellular level where I went no not today I'm not doing that mm -hmm. it took me um a couple weeks but I remember when I made the choice yes and 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 that added to my self-esteem mm -hmm. making the choice at that young young age contributed to the self-esteem that was forming that mm -hmm. said, hey, I can do this. I can, if I am going to let people treat me a certain way, it's going to be in a way that's affirming and kind. And I knew, and we all know that you can say all that and life happens and you learn and people have to learn how to treat you. You know, your brother, your sister, whoever is in relationship with you. But when you make that shift, you then require other people to shift along with you. 
because right. now you kick into now you're going to treat me the way I want to be treated. Well, it's boundaries. It's boundaries. And, and very and, important boundaries. Well, it's they're so important. And and it's interesting because at your age and at my age, I, I was actually, when this abusive boyfriend was in my life, I was like 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, um, that's by the grace of God that I was able to not start that pattern. For you, it's like you're 18, again, formative years, young and impressionable. It is not too late to begin to say, you can't treat me like that. And the no. consequences are... For some people out there, the consequence of leaving is death or close to death or you feel like you're going to die. And mm-hmm. so you have to, that is, I don't know how people are going to, you know, make those adjustments, but there's something really powerful about you dropping this story into the lives of whoever's listening. The moment that you release the thing that has held you in chains, this story, this effect that it's had on you. You spent your life and the last half of your life sorting through what has happened to you yes. and repeating the same thing over and over again in different forms. Sure. But today, the power of your story, the power of your journey is coming to a moment where you are actually releasing the chains. For the first time in 25 years, yes. And of shame, disappointment in yourself. And I want you to know something, that there is always, when you do this, when you make this moment, um, your moment where you are rising, there is always somebody in the world that is saying, I get this. Well, good. I hope so. Me too. I've carried, this is, this is story, my story, the first 10 years of my adult life um, has woven itself into my soul, into my everyday. It's my story. It's never left me. And it is something that I have spoken about over the years. It's why it's so important to me to do this with you because mm-hmm. I think for the longest time I've wanted to share with somebody mm-hmm. that wants to listen and maybe will benefit from it. But it's been my story. And to be able to um, become a perfectly raw form of myself <laughs> and share, and I'm, there's going to be so much more that we will oh, share yes. um, as it kind of untangles. Um is so healing to me. It's like for the first time since leaving him, <coughs> sorry, 25 years ago, I feel like I'm actually able to see it for not what it is, um, but for uh, to see it as something that is my past. And, and not defining you. Not defining me. And allowing myself to um, be proud of the fact that even at 52, I'm wanting to learn why. I'm wanting to learn. It's not that I haven't. It's not that I haven't processed and grown and 
healed over the years, but this is this is different. This now is you said here and um, and huge to me. It is huge to you, mm-hmm. and it's huge to me. To wrap this, yes. The last words you said after you talked about um, the look that he would give. We're gonna pick up on this in the next in the next episode. Okay. And we're gonna end with this. You write those were perhaps the more degrading moments during that nine year period. I shouldn't discredit the verbal abuse I suffered from also. It's not important about all the things that he said to me, nor the number of times it went on, in brackets, daily. What's important is that it happened. Yes. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) Yeah. That's beautiful. To me, it's important. To me, it's important. And so I want to thank you for sharing what has happened and it isn't about the number of times it isn't about any of those things it's about it happened and your story is worth sharing thank you so that it can give possibility to someone you are absolutely courageous Thank you so much. brave. And this is a moment for you. And I appreciate you literally removing your chains in my studio (laughs) at this desk with me here. This is a privilege for me to witness and... I know that this effect is far-reaching and this has made you the woman that you are today. And I know that there has been more struggle, Mm -hmm. which we will talk about. But the beauty is that you want to rise. I do. That's the beauty. So I want to thank you. Thank you. 